Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or download our Free Living Truth app. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 3, 7 through 15, called The Great I Am and The Great Commission. I will never leave you or forsake you is in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. It's for you. Do you believe that? I will never leave you or forsake you. I am with you. When you go to share the gospel, you need to know that. When you go to reconcile something from the past, you need to know that I am with you. The Holy Spirit, if you're a Christian, lives inside of you. Do you know that? To empower you, to give you the fruits of the Spirit, to give you a baptism of boldness, you must not and you cannot rely on yourself. That's when I get in trouble. That's what we call walking in the flesh. And we all struggle with that one, right? And sometimes we've gotten ourselves in the biggest trouble as Christians when we've operated in the flesh. Instead of really praying about something, instead of really reading our Bible that morning, before we go into that confrontation, before we deal with that issue, we must put on the armor of God. We must ask God to fill us and us being kept being filled with the Spirit. Amen? This is, this is what's happening here. I'll be with you. I'm not leaving you. God's response to fear is not to explain it away as illusory, like it doesn't really happen, but to replace it with another more powerful belief and trust in his presence. Essentially, quoting one commentary, for Pharaoh to get to you, Moses, he'll have to go through me. That's what God is saying. Will you trust me? And you know, in the moment at the burning bush, sometimes we get inspired. We're at church and like, yeah, this week, it's all over. The devil's not going to win this week. Here I go. I just been by the burning bush, right? Woo! Off into that world. Take about 20 minutes. <laughs> Maybe sometimes five minutes. Why'd that person cut me off? That person goes to living truth. Cut me off in the parking lot. <laughs> Who took the last maple bar this morning? Didn't they know that was mine? You go to one service. That person's sitting in my seat. Any of you go through that the last couple of Sundays? You don't have to confess it. But we'll set up an appointment this week if you need one. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So this last uh, week, I was watching some Christian television. And uh, some of you may have seen this. It's, it was called Pastors Under Fire. And it was about uh, pastors who are trying to stake, take a stand against the, uh, the, the regulations coming down from the government about churches being open. And there's a pastor um, over a church in Pasadena area. I can't think of his name right now. And he was talking about... Uh, a lawsuit that was going on and the regulations that were coming down on his church. And a lot of these pastors have taken stands, have come out of socialist, communist countries. And they're like, oh, please don't let this happen to America. And they don't, they really plead with Americans to see what's going on here. 
It's, it's much bigger than a virus. We know there's a real virus, but it's much bigger than a virus. There are dichotomies being made between, you know, uh, religious establishments trying to open to minister to people when, when you have depression and abuse and all these things skyrocketing and they'll allow secular things to go on, but not religious things. That's not about a virus. But anyway, this pastor quoted 2 Timothy 1.7. And he said, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Listen to this. He said, do you know that that Greek word in 2 Timothy 1.7, for fear is not phobos. It's not P-H-O-B-O-S, where we get phobias. That's a normal Greek word there for fear. It's dylea. It's the only time it's used in the New Testament. Do you know what the word actually means? It means to be a coward. God has not given you the spirit of being a coward. And this guy looks into the camera and says, I'm fearful that cowardice is playing a big role in decision-making in the church today. He said, he said frankly, I'm shocked that so many Christ, Christian pastors are backing down. It's It's scary. And it shows you how quickly this can happen. And, I, and I'm not going to make commentary on all the parameters within a given church and what is the best decision for that church because I don't want to sound like I'm being judgmental up here because that's not my goal. But I, I want you to see the bigger picture of just infringement and at what point will the church say the doors must be open because we have a higher edict from God to minister to the people. And you know, in Revelation 21.8, it says the cowardly are going to be outside the gates. And I'll tell you, as a person who is pastoring a flock and, you know, I'm, my, I'm out there in terms of radio and, and other platforms. This is a very real challenge to any of our humanity to say, okay, now, now what? Do you just, do you just preach sermons? Do you just quote Bible verses? Or do you believe that the same God who sent Moses can empower you. Because if we don't take that application to our modern lives, our Christianity, frankly, folks, means very little. I'm just being honest. We're just kind of checking in and listening to preaching and going our merry way. But it doesn't really affect our decision-making now and what, what we're, where we're willing to stand. Moses is going to have to do this by faith, and the sign is unusual. God says, you'll know the sign because you'll end up back here worshiping me on this mountain. And if you're Moses, you're like, uh, how does that help? Uh, that's a future sign. I need something now. Right? You'll know that it was me because you'll be back here after it's all over. What? But I have to tell you, that that's a lot of the promises I'm banking my life on right now. I'm walking by faith and not by sight that there is a heaven and that there is a resurrection and those are future promises and I'm going to know the fulfillment of them in the future. And I know the one in whom I have trusted and I know there's enough to believe it, but yet still, it's still future. Could you give me something now? <laughs> Moses might be saying. And this is what it means to walk by faith. It, it's not a blind leap into a dark cave, but it, it's certainly... I'm standing on the promise. If that's what you said, I'm going to end up back at this mountain and you're manifesting yourself as a bush that burns and is not consumed. So that is a sign, but the sign is to come back. That's the plain language. So Moses 
has a few more questions and we're, we're winding down, but let's take a look. Moses said to God, Behold, I'm going to the sons of Israel and I shall say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they may say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? Like the tin man and the wizard of Oz. Suppose when I get there, he won't give me a heart. <laughs> Supposing that this happens. Suppose, how many of you are good at painting scenarios that never come to pass? Suppose that I witness to that person in the grocery line and they grow six feet taller than they actually are and claws come out of their hands and rawr, they just swallow me in the Stater Brothers line. Suppose. You know, we create these giants in our minds. Suppose this. So, suppose. You know, you can stay stuck in the supposed chair all day long. Do you know that there's never once a record of anybody asking Moses for God's name when he shows up? Nobody. Nobody asked him. Hey, uh, who's the name of that God? That <laughs> Nobody. Now, I'm not saying it's not an important question because when we're talking to people, we got to define our terms, right? We're not just talking about any old God. We're talking about the God of the Bible. We're saying that salvation is found through the true God. And He is to be distinct from all other false gods and idols. What am I going to say? What do I tell them? What if I, what if I show up at an ancient Starbucks in Egypt and I start telling some of the elders that there was this bush that was burning and I heard a voice... And it said, go get him and bring him back to the mountain. <laughs> Some people might be saying, how hot is the desert sun out there, Moses? Are you kidding? You, you're hearing voices now? And seeing bushes that burn and are not consumed? Hey, here's a business card of this doctor I've been seeing. I talked to him an hour a week. <laughs> Moses is like, I, I need the full weight of divine authority. Do you know that when uh, Moses and Aaron share what God has them to share. The people believe. When they find out, this is Exodus 4.31, that God's concerned about them, they bow low and they worship. They don't ask for clarification of the, the vision or the burning bush. They don't ask for God's name or even Moses' credentials. They bow. And sometimes we create problems and issues that are not there now. Final two verses. God said to Moses, okay, you want to know my name? I am. Exodus 3.14. Who I am. That is Eyeh. E-H-Y-E-H. Eyeh. Who is Esher. And I am is Eyeh. So you would say it. Eyeh. Eyeh. Esher. Eyeh. And he said, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And <laughs> you're Moses like, whoo, wow. I am. And God furthermore said to Moses, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, the Lord, see that name? That's Y-H-W-H. That's the tetragrammatron. The four consonants. It's like that because the earliest Hebrew manuscripts didn't have vowels. And so we don't know the, we have the consonants, but not the vowels. We have Y-H-W-H, and that is best pronounced Yahweh, Yahweh. But that we're guessing on the vowels. 
So what is the name of God? Is it I am or is it Yahweh the Lord? Or is it a little bit of both? You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Hey, I want to give you a reminder about an event coming up at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, where I serve as senior pastor. We're doing a Harvest Fest event a Halloween alternative on October the 31st. It's a carnival theme called The Greatest Joy on Earth, 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. Monday night, October the 31st, game booths, inflatables, a bakewalk, trunks of treats, lots of candy, food vendors, music, and a whole lot of fellowship and fun, including the gospel being preached. Admission is free. And if you want to come out and join us, download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. You can get information and driving directions. It is open to you. And I would love to meet you on that night if we haven't met before and you're one of our listening families or even a partner with the ministry. We would like to say thank you. Come on out. You can get everything you need at walkintruth.com. Click on the church tab or the Living Truth app on your app store. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walkin' Truth. The earliest Hebrew manuscripts didn't have vowels. And so we don't know the, we have the consonants, but not the vowels. We have Y-H-W-H, and that is best pronounced Yahweh, Yahweh, but that we're guessing on the vowels. So what is the name of God? Is it I am, or is it Yahweh the Lord, or is it a little bit of both? I'm the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. Certainly he's identifying a name, and this is my memorial name to all generations, which is his name, the I am or the Lord? Or is it both? Well, first of all, the word Lord you will see often like in the NIV with a large capital L and small caps on the O-R-D. And whenever you see that, that's Yahweh. If you see Lord with a capital L and then regular letters, O-R-D, that's typically Adonai. But Lord is all caps or large cap, small cap. That's always Yahweh. So you can know when you read your Bible that when you see that, you've got Y-H-W-H. That's Yahweh. So what does this mean? The four letters appear 6,283 times in the Old Testament. And probably, probably the proper way to say it is Yahweh, not Jehovah. That's a misunderstanding uh, from the medieval church of the vowels, and there's more that could be said. The Lord's re- response to Moses is, I am, and I'm Yahweh. <laughs> and I think they po- both point in the same direction. The idea is to be. I am means to be. It speaks of self-existence, completeness, authority. Let's work back for a moment. And I'm reading from my notes because I want to be precise. What God is showing Moses and us is that God's name, YHWH, in verse 15, is that he is the maker of all that is. 
In his hand is all that exists or he is self-existence. He's not I was, he's not I will be, although you could say that as, as long as you include, include I am. He is the present tense. The present tense God. I am. That's what you need to know. He holds it all together, Colossians 1.17, Hebrews 1.3. He is not contingent. He is not dependent. He is not codependent. He is self-sufficient. And the burning bush is indicative of who he is. From everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Psalm 90, verse 2. Before the mountains were formed, before anything had birth, you were there. You are self-existent. You are eternal. And that's why you are dependable. God's name is not just about ontology, nature. It's about theology. This is really important. Please listen. The dominant ideas of Yahweh and I am in these verses are God's nature and presence, which flow from his nature. God, says one writer, will always be there for his people in a distant Egypt too, even if that divine presence is questioned and imperceptible. He will always be whatever his people need him to be at any given moment. In any given place, if they need a deliverer, that's Yahweh. If they need grace and mercy and forgiveness, that's Yahweh. He is the great I am. And in John chapter 8, Jesus is having a debate with the Jewish leadership. And Jesus says these words, and just write this down. I wish I had the time to develop this. I said, therefore, to you that you will die in your sins, John 8, 24, for unless you believe that I am, you will die in your sins. He goes on, John 8, 28, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am. And I do nothing of my own initiative, but I speak the things the Father taught me. And then later in the chapter, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. The Jews said to him, you're not 50 years old and you've seen Abraham And Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, remember, I am. And they took up stones to stone him because they knew what he was saying. He was claiming the divine name. You could also look at Isaiah 43.10 and other places. Jesus essentially is saying in John chapter 8, I am the voice of the burning bush. And if you reject who I am, you will die in your sins. I've come down to deliver you. See the connection to the gospel? I've come down out of heaven to be the bread of life for you. If you won't take me in, if you won't believe in me, then you will die in your sin. If you need empowerment, that's Yahweh. If you need rebuke and chastisement, that's Yahweh. If you need guidance, that's Yahweh. For God is a, quoting, I will be what I will be God and... I will be what I need to be for you, God. The rest of Exodus is God living up to his name. Amen? Father, thank you for your living word. We're about to take of the Lord's Supper. And I thank you that it is a remembrance of the Passover lamb rooted in the book of Exodus. And we just want to take a moment before we move to the next thing to Allow your word to percolate down in our souls. A Selah moment. Thank you that you are. I am. You are Yahweh. Self-existent. You didn't need to even make the world or make us, but you did because you wanted a family. And 
then you came down to rescue us, Lord, and it's just so amazing to know the grace that you pour out. And I just pray for that person who may not know you yet, that person who maybe this is some of their first introductions to the gospel, that they would just, if they sense your voice right now, that they would bow their hearts. And if it's you and you have not met the one who came down to save you and died on the cross and rose from the dead, he speaks through his word and he speaks in moments like this and you can make a decision right now to become his follower, to become one of his family. He, he extends an invitation through the gospel and if you would open your heart, he will save you. Something this simple but yet this profound. Lord Jesus, and I'm encouraging you wherever you are, pray it if it's you. Lord Jesus, save me. Thank you that you came down from heaven to pay that price that I can never pay. Thank you that you are the great I am. Thank you that you are Yahweh. Self-existent, but eternal and entering into my pain. Becoming that Passover lamb for me. Thank you, Lord. I repent, pray it if it's you. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me. Give me a new heart and a new start. I want to know who I am in you. I want to know who you are and who I am. I want to make sense of this life. Thank you for reaching down by your love and grace and that you so love the world that you sent your son. You don't have to have a perfect prayer, but just cry out to him. If, you're, if you've been a prodigal and maybe you've been wandering, maybe wandering away from God's call on your life, this would be a great time to do a little business with the Lord. Prepare your heart for communion. Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. You've been listening to The Great I Am and The Great Commission, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 3, 7 through 15. And if you missed any part of the program today, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, our Living Truth app is the one with the red logo with the pillars. With our app, you can learn more about Living Truth Christian Fellowship, which is the church behind Walk in Truth, and that's where Pastor Michael Lance serves as senior pastor. If you're local to Southern California, the app gives you updates and information about upcoming Bible studies and free events, both for you and your kids, like our annual Harvest Festival coming later this month. You can also learn about this Sunday's service and what the teaching will be on. Pastor Michael would love it if you came by for a visit. If you live outside Southern California, you can still benefit from our Living Truth app. You can listen or watch Pastor Michael's previous teachings, and you can contact the church if you have any questions or comments. Download the free Living Truth app from your app store. And remember, it's the one with the red logo with the pillars. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Hey, if you've not met the Lord Jesus Christ, he is the great I am. He is the true and living God. He is the only way to be saved because he's the only true God. If you've not trusted him for your salvation, today is the day. Just say, Lord, I believe that you are the true God. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming on that rescue mission, which is pictured in the book of Exodus. Thank you for being my deliverer. I trust in you today, no matter where you've been, my friend, where you've come from, what your background, it doesn't matter. The great I am, uh, revealing himself in the person of Jesus Christ, loves you. He died on the cross for you. Tell him, I believe. 
I repent. I trust you. Teach me your ways. Teach me to follow you. Oh, he'll be faithful to that. Get into a good, healthy, strong Bible teaching church uh, and let the, the Word of God continue to shape you and mold you. Hey, if we can help you in any way, reach out to us at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Hey, if you're outside of Southern California, find a good, solid Bible teaching church in your area. Maybe we can help you with a recommendation of a church in your area, but you know what? There's solid Bible teaching expository churches everywhere. Uh, They may not be the majority, but they're out there, and there's many faithful pastors all around the United States of America. Hey, find a good, solid church in your area. Get plugged in. Serving the Lord, get involved. Now's the time. It's not a time to be on the sidelines, brothers, sisters. It's a time to serve the Lord with everything you have. So get plugged in. And again, if we can help you in any way, reach out to us, walkintruth.com. Hey, if you are a shut-in and you can't get to a church, we do live stream the Sunday morning services, 10.30 a.m. on YouTube. Search Living Truth Christian Fellowship and you can catch us there. God bless you. We love you. Thank you for your prayers, your partnership, and we'll see you next time right here, Lord willing. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. It's also so more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $5 a month or give a one-time gift. Visit walkintruth.com to give. And join us on Monday for Pastor Michael's teaching, finishing up in Exodus chapter 3, called Signs and Wonders. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.